This is the No Wrong Answers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Palmer. Our teachers were off this past week for the Thanksgiving holiday. There is a growing schism among American education reformers. One side is more pugnacious and hard-nosed, personified by the likes of Michelle Rhee and Joel Klein, that says schools and teachers should be held accountable for their academic performance, even if this means implementing often painful measures like shutting down schools and firing teachers and principals. The other side of this debate bills itself as more empathetic to the plight of struggling schools. Give them more resources and funding, this side says. Keep the schools open and see what happens. Well, this conflict, which has been at a low boil for years in education policy circles, has come into dramatic relief recently in New York City. It has to do with Renewal, the signature education initiative of Mayor Bill de Blasio, launched in 2014. Renewal aimed to help dozens of poorly performing New York City public schools by showering them with funds that would pay for things like wraparound social services and teacher training. But a year into the program, the city's own education department determined that extra funding was not helping a significant portion of these so-called renewal schools raise their performance. Yet, even with this knowledge that these schools were likely to continue failing, the city kept enrolling children in these schools. The kids and their families had no idea. New York Times reporter Eliza Shapiro originally broke this story, and we wanted to talk with her not just about what the seeming failure of renewal means for New York City, but what it could signal to education reform efforts across the country. So what was the theory behind Mayor de Blasio's renewal program? So the theory behind this program, which has now cost the city almost $800 million, was that if you invest in struggling schools rather than closing them or restructuring them, the schools would sort of get better and you didn't have to basically have pain to get gain. You didn't have to fire teachers. You didn't have to replace all principals. You could infuse the schools with social services and some teacher training and the schools would transform. The thesis was that few big city mayors had tried to transform schools sort of without punitive measures. If you look at Michael Bloomberg and Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel's sort of practice of of closing scores of schools, Mayor de Blasio wanted to do the opposite. So it was really about infusing schools with social services and rejecting the idea that they had to be closed or profoundly disrupted in order to change. Right. And I think that the theory, at least on its surface, sounds good or would sound good to a lot of educators. What exactly did the renewal program promise? what What was it going to do? What did it do in schools to try to affect major changes in these particular schools' academic performance? Part of the the sort of design flaw of renewal was both that there was a very short timeline in order for schools to show significant academic progress. The mayor only gave the schools three years. And I think many teachers and and educators would agree that sort of long-term investment in schools, seeing transformation in schools that have been potentially struggling for decades would take a lot longer. I think another really key flaw in the design of the program was that There was a very strong social service component sort of modeled on the community schools of Cincinnati in which social services are sort of a key part of the school. And I don't think anyone would argue that social services are not absolutely crucial for vulnerable children. But I think the mayor didn't fully bake the the academic component of that. So one sort of tragic irony of of the renewal program was that 
the founders and supporters and creators of the community school model were not supportive of renewal because even though they obviously relished that social services were being added to schools where they were needed, they understood that social services were never meant to, to comprise a full academic turnaround program. And they saw that without a really robust academic component beyond additional professional development and some teacher training, it wasn't going to work. So they were some of the first advocates to at least privately say, we're really concerned about this. And its failure of renewal may drag down the whole concept of community schools with it, which is really a worst case scenario for those advocates. Right. And I, I do want to kind of get to that and the larger implications of this beyond just New York City. But since it was rolled out in 2014, I mean, what have been the results of the schools in the renewal program? There were 100 schools that entered into the program. A little under a quarter of those schools in graduated out in four years. So that was even after an, a one-year extension of the program. A little under a quarter of the schools graduated out after three years, and a, a little over a quarter closed after three years. And now in year four, we're waiting to hear about the remaining half. And I think there's little doubt that some of those schools will have to be closed as well. So it's a potential that we would see as, as many as half of the original schools end up closed after the mayor said he only wanted to close schools in a very few cases. Yeah, I think maybe the most damning aspect of your reporting is documentation that you required that shows city education officials knew some of these schools in the renewal program were unlikely to show the kind of growth that they were promising. Documents that you got access to show city officials considered closing one school in particular for three straight years, but then never did. So, I mean, what happened to the kids enrolled in these schools that city officials essentially knew were were going to continue to fail? Right. I mean, those those kids have struggled. I mean, I focus on one school in particular that has been up for closure every year for the three years of the program is still open. And I, I went to that school and talked to parents. Some parents said they see the school as sort of slowly becoming more structured, becoming more safe. But other parents said, I only enrolled my child in this school because I transferred to New York City mid-year or it was the only school in my neighborhood that had space. This is sort of always the least desired school. And sometimes as soon as parents showed up at the school, they realized that it was not a very functional school. You know, obviously test scores are only one measure, but it's striking that in this one school, which is in the New York City Borough of Queens, some test scores actually backslid despite four years of help from the renewal program. You know, enrollment stayed flat, obviously a sign that parents were avoiding the school where they could. I spoke to parents in that neighborhood who said, they used relatives' addresses to try to get out of sending their children to that school, which was in their geographic zone. It's a really important long-term question to ask, how could these kids have been better served for the years that the city was sort of debating what to do about this program? Yeah, I mean, at the high level, of course, there was a lot of, there's a lot of discussion and theorizing about education reform, but I guess on the ground, did, did, did parents and students know that the schools they were enrolling were, were part of this program or part of this reform experiment? No. So that was very striking. I spoke to many parents across several renewal schools. Every single parent I spoke to had no, had no didn't know what the program was until I asked, do you know that your child is in a renewal school? There seemed like there was a lack of communication between the school and the parents about why their school was in a program and what that program was. And I think perhaps if some of those parents had known initially, 
they wouldn't have enrolled their children at all. And I think part of the reason for the really low enrollment across all the renewal schools is that a parent who was informed that this school was on this list of the worst performing schools were reticent to send their children there. I mean, I think it was a bit of a scarlet letter that really impacted enrollment for parents who who were aware of the program. When this was unveiled, was I mean, what was the evidence that this type of reform works? I mean, I think it sounds good. I mean, right. it might be based on there's some pretty high profile examples of these types of community schools working successfully. I mean, I think the, the one that comes most readily to mind is the Harlem Children's Zone of this type of model. But yes. w- w- is there like evidence that this, that this can work on a, on a big, broader scale like what New York City was trying to do? You know, in my sort of review of the literature and talking to experts, I didn't find any studies or any experts that said you can base an academic turnaround program off of social services and hope that everything gets better. Harlem Children's Zone is a spectacularly well-structured, high-performing community school that has an extremely robust academic component. There's really little evidence that at least I could find that indicates that if you don't have an academic turnaround component married with the social services, that you're going to get the results you're looking for. I think fundamentally, It was an untested idea, which raises the question, why is the city investing hundreds of millions of dollars over multiple years in an idea that the mayor even said was was an untested idea? And you mentioned earlier, quoted in the story that you wrote, that education reformers see the the failure of renewal as um, a potentially much more broader-reaching failure. You said the one education reformer you quoted in the story called this the worst possible outcome. Why does this matter beyond the boundaries of New York City? Absolutely. Well, I think New York, because uh, we have the nation's largest public school system, is often seen as a bellwether, at least for big urban school districts. A lot of ideas are tried here. Reformers of all stripes look to the city to see what might work, what might work at scale, what ingredients you need. I also think renewal was explicitly supposed to, in the mayor's eyes, serve as a model for this idea that is popular among many progressive Democrats that you don't have to close schools or you don't have to uh, have a charter school take them over or racially integrate the school or replace staff in order for the schools to improve. The renewal certainly did not prove what the mayor hoped it would prove, and that has reverberations in cities across the country. Right. I mean, and does it give grist to the the other side, I guess, putatively represented by by Michael Bloomberg, that a much more dramatic, aggressive approach towards closing schools, towards firing teachers, towards getting new staff and new principals? I mean, does does this give grist to that side? Very much. I think those, those, those types of reformers who often are not leading public school districts right now, but those reformers feel very vindicated. I mean, they they look at renewal and feel very upset by it because they feel like there was money and time that was not spent well, but they certainly feel that their ideas have been vindicated, that this whole protest movement that sort of dogged Michael Bloomberg and Rahm Emanuel maybe didn't fully see what it takes to transform schools. Probably there's, moving forward, uh, an argument for something of a hybrid approach in which I think many teachers and parents felt that the school closure days involved a lot of really punitive rhetoric, anti-teacher rhetoric, and I think that was extremely politically damaging. But on the other hand, you have renewal, which is not on its face politically controversial at all, and yet it doesn't produce results. So is there some sort of third way to combine 
these two poles and actually create a successful turnaround program, I think, is sort of the next big question. Were there any schools in the renewal, renewal program that had positive results, that did well, that improved? Yes. There were. About 20 of the roughly 100 schools in the program have had some positive results. Some of the reason for that is that they entered the program a little bit stronger than some of the other schools in the program. There is obviously variation among this cohort of 100 schools. But in one of these more successful renewal schools that I visited, you could sort of see that you had to have an exceptional principal and a staff that was extremely willing, you know, teachers and the whole school staff, extremely willing to get on board with that principal's vision from day one. Not a lot of pushback from teachers. And then um, social service organizations that were deeply embedded and integrated into the school because the principal was such a highly effective manager. It's sort of like every single thing had to go right in those schools. And that is really challenging at scale. You know, finding the perfect principal the perfect set of teachers who are willing to go along, the perfect social service organization, it makes sense that that would happen in a minority of the schools. And what are going to happen to these these schools? There's 50 left, and I think by the end of the year, the end of the calendar year, the mayor will have to make a decision. I mean, we reported that the program is poised to close. The mayor has not yet announced that, but that's the internal chatter about the program. So because renewal will no longer exist, the question is, will some of the schools improve enough to lose the designation renewal? I would imagine that some schools will be closed, but we really don't know. The mayor has about three years left in his term, and we don't know what his sort of plan B is for school improvement because there are still so many schools in this city. We have 1,800 schools. There's still dozens of schools that are in sort of desperate need of improvement, and we don't know what the what the plan is after renewal at this point. We're really waiting to hear what he has to say about that. Well, Eliza Shapiro with The New York Times, thank you so much for sharing your reporting and, and talking with no wrong answers. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. That was my conversation with The New York Times' Eliza Shapiro. You can find a link to her story in the notes to this episode. Some reminders before we go, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, The Friday Cheat Sheet, at nowronganswerspodcast.com. The Friday Cheat Sheet gives you a preview of some topics we're going to be talking about on the next episode and also gives you a summary of some of the interesting education stories that we've found during the week. So again, go to nowronganswerspodcast.com and sign up for the Friday Cheat Sheet. Until next time, kids, be nice to your teachers. Be nice to your teachers.